Have you finished your personal statement yet? Now's the perfect time to get it professionally reviewed by a medical school HQ expert advisor. We have former directors of admissions, admissions officers, and the like on our small team of amazing people. They have the inside knowledge from reading thousands and thousands and thousands, tens, if not 100,000 personal statements going through the process and setting up the process for their whole committee. They know exactly what medical schools look for and the common red flags that can get your entire application thrown out. Take advantage of our flash sale right now, going through May 6th, up to 6,000 characters reviewed for just $150. That's a $75 discount on our regular price. Go to editmyps.com. Again, that's editmyps.com. The Pre-Med Year, session number 477. Hello, and welcome to The Pre-Med Years, where we believe that collaboration, not competition, is key to your success. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Gray, and in this podcast, we share with you stories, encouragement, and information that you need to know to help guide you on your path to becoming a physician. Welcome to The Pre-Med Years. Thank you so much for joining me today. After several weeks of amazing guests and interviews, I'm going to play an IG live for you. Some great questions we had from last week's Instagram live here on the pre-med years. Before we jump into that though, I want to talk about the MCAT minutes brought to you by Blueprint MCAT. If you are looking for some last minute MCAT help and you are self-studying, you're not using a course or anything, check out the amazing bundle that Blueprint and Sketchy MCAT have teamed up to offer you at blueprintmcat.com. You get access to full-length exams from Blueprint MCAT, the best third-party full-length exams out there, the practice exams for the MCAT, which you need to do well on the MCAT, as well as access to the Sketchy MCAT platform to help you understand, help you learn the information, retain the information necessary to do well on the MCAT. Go check out all of that. It's perfect if you have about two months left to study for the MCAT, you're out there studying on your own, go check it out, blueprintmcat.com. All right, let's go ahead and jump into our Instagram Live for today. What's up, Instagram Live? All right, what's up, TripU21? Good morning. Anj Patel, I'm trying to pin that, there we go. If you are new here, what we do on Friday mornings is q and I'm here, uh, I uh, take your questions and uh, have you come on and we have a conversation and I'll answer whatever you got. Uh, if you have questions about life, med school, being a pre-med, your application, anything and everything is on the table. So the Bisexual Chronicles 123, Google caregiving clinical experience, and you will find a double AMC article that says caregiving is great clinical experience. Whoa. All right. Um, so again... Uh, I prefer not to uh, read the comments and just answer them. I love having you all come on and we have a conversation. So click that little uh, request to join live button and we'll talk. That is the best way to do it. Uh, When do I take the Casper? So Casper... Um, just because I see you spelled it that way. They actually changed how they spell it so you don't have to do capital C-A-S-P, lowercase e-r. Um, it's just Casper with a capital C now. Uh, you take it as early as you can. It's part of this, typically, the secondary process. Think of it in that way. Whoo, all right. Uh, hello there. Hey, what's going on, Dr. Gray? It's going, it's going, it's Friday. I'm tired. Um, yeah, like I, honestly, I don't have any questions. But I was, uh, you know, you were looking for people, and I'm like, I cannot take this opportunity to jump on. <laughs> well, you have to have a question. Who are you? What? Where? Where are you in this process? Um, okay, first of all, I'm calling out of New York here, New York City. Um, 
I graduated last year. So that would be May 2021. So it's currently my gap year. I'm doing a little bit research in neurology and studying for the MCAT. Nice. So you yeah. had no questions. You, you you got it all planned out. You got all the answers. Um, not all planned out, but, you know, <laughs> <laughs> just following um, your guidance, really taking the time to study for the MCAT, doing the practice exams. So I've been going through my practice exams. I plan on taking the MCAT in late April. So let's okay. get my score in late May. And then if all goes well, then apply in early June. Okay. Yeah. What do you mean if all goes well? Meaning I hit a high percentile score. And yeah, that's really what's contingent on getting the going to DO or MD schools. So so hold up a minute. You're taking the test late May? No, late April. Late getting April, getting your back score back late May. Okay, that's that's I heard that wrong. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. So the, the biggest thing for you is just prepare as if you're gonna crush the MCAT so that your application's ready to go. Right. So I'm I'm working on what my Really, for me, I would like to stay in New York City. That's my main goal. <laughs> yeah. Um, Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, That'd be well, nice. I'll let you know how that goes. Yeah. Awesome. Right, I don't want to hold you up too much here, but thanks for all the guidance. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. And if you haven't yet, it sounds like you're uh, in the middle of applications now. Uh, Application Academy closes today, so go uh, go check it out. Um, all right, come on, click that uh, request to join live and we'll, and we'll hang out. We'll have a talk. Just you and me. That's all. And all of the people. <laughs> uh, let's see. If I haven't had any interviews yet, should I assume I am not getting any? Getting any? So it's late February or no, mid February right now. Um, I think it's a pretty good assumption, right? It's going to be very, very unlikely that you don't get any. Um, if you want to come on, we can chat and try to figure out what went wrong, why you didn't get any interviews. <clears throat> Uh, if you haven't watched Application Renovation yet, then you can check that out too. Hello there. Hi, how are you? I am good. How are you? I'm well. Um, I wanted to ask, I just started listening to your podcast um, and I listened to like a bonus episode talking to your students in Application Academy about um, their seed. Mm -hmm. And I listened to the whole thing and I still don't know like what mine is i have no idea yeah um, i'm a senior student okay um, so i have a little bit of time but i just don't have any experience because i graduated 2020 like from high school so my first two years were just like pandemic so now yeah but just... but that would have nothing to do with your seed okay so so for everyone watching who doesn't know so seed is is just kind of the language that I don't know if I created it or whatever, but I, I I talk about it in my personal statement book is the the kind of moment that you had where you were like, huh, like it's, it's not a light bulb moment. It's not like, oh my gosh, I know right now that I want to be a doctor. It's like, huh, this this thing in healthcare, whether it's being a vet, being a dentist, being a physical therapist, being a chiropractor, being a whatever is interesting. I want to go explore it. Okay. So the the fact that you haven't had any clinical experiences yet because of COVID, which we can dive into there because there are plenty of clinical experiences to be had. So uh, don't let COVID be a, an excuse for not getting anything. Um, when did you uh, when did you realize that you wanted to be a physician? Um. I just like grew up like everyone around me was like, oh, you're going to be a doctor. So <laughs> <laughs> My, is it is it the tip, typical like uh, like Jewish, Asian, whatever, Indian, like doctor, lawyer, engineer? 
Yeah, um, I feel like a little bit has to do with it, but my parents didn't want me, don't want me to be a doctor because they think it's too stressful. But everyone else around me since I was younger, they were like, you're going to be a doctor. Yeah, I, I don't I don't buy that kind of language. They're like, oh, I just want to be a doctor because everyone told me I was going to be a doctor. Like, that's, that's not a good sales pitch. To, to, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. Like, what do your parents know. do? My mom, uh, she's a stay-at-home wife, and my dad, he's an engineer. Okay. <laughs> doctor, lawyer, uh, engineer. <laughs> there you go. You yeah. got the engineer part. Okay. In my family, like, there are a few doctors, but none of them were, like, impactful. Yep. Because I don't really see them. They're all in India, so. Okay when uh when was your first interactions with healthcare that you can remember um i like i did like sh- like when i was in high school i have an uncle in missouri and he works in a hospital and i shadowed like an er doctor for fun mm-hmm. but i don't know if that was like impactful or like why did I- you shadow an er doctor in high school he was just like, let's just see if you like it. And so I just went with him. And then he just left me with the neat, like a bunch of like ER doctors. Okay. Um, so that was like my first experience. And it wasn't, there There wasn't anything like crazy happening. So um, <laughs> they just told me to sit in a corner and like follow them around. So yeah. I, they didn't, yeah. Yeah, that's that's shadowing. (laughs) Um, Okay, so for you, you're going to have to keep going backwards and backwards and backwards and and keep asking yourself like, well, why did I seek out that experience? Why did I do that? Why did I have that feeling? Mm -hmm. There's almost always something, whether it's a personal um, kind of story of interaction with physicians um, or a family member's experience with physicians or something that exposed you to healthcare and you were like, oh, that's really cool. Like, let's go back to like, why would family members just randomly tell you, oh, you're going to be a doctor? It's it's very like common, like um, to be like, oh, when you grow up, you're going to be a doctor. Like, you know, kind of like having fun with kids type of culture. <laughs> for some reason, I just took it to heart. And I'm like, wait, maybe, I, maybe I'm going to be a doctor. And yeah. I just don't see myself like doing anything else. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't yeah. really know. You, you have to go explore some more. So, yeah. and you, you may be the, the rare student who's like, doesn't have anything other than everyone telling you you're going to be a doctor. And you, you internalize that. And so for you, it's going to be really important to go out there and shadow and get clinical experiences and make sure that you're doing this for you and not for everyone else. Right. Of course. Yeah. Um, I do have a quick question about like clinical experience. Um, I'm a gender studies major. So I was like, I'm kind of like thinking of, um, you know, my story is like, you know, medicine and a feminist perspective. So would like, you know, working at a Planned Parenthood, considering the context, would it consider like would it be considered clinical hours depending what i do yeah that's the answer depends on what you do okay okay (laughs) Okay. yeah just depends on what you're doing Mm. yeah that was my answer uh those those were my questions so thank you so much yeah you're welcome good luck all right Who was that, Garrett? You got a good voice. My voice is actually kind of gone today. Um, I had, I, I had, uh, yeah, I, I partook in too many drinks last night. I was out with some friends, and uh, so I think only the second time we've been kind of out in this pandemic in the last couple of weeks uh, <laughs> for, for two years. So, was, uh, yeah, Taylor, hello. We'll bring you on. Tasha, can I assume that admission committees know what a scribe is or does? Of course. Hello there. Hi. How are you? Good morning. I'm good. So I am, I'm a senior. Okay. And so I'm a Texas resident. So I'll be applying this up cycle. Should have mentioned that. I'm a <clears> Texas <throat> resident. So hoping to apply to mostly all of the Texas schools. Um, and so when it comes to their character limits and a AMCAS character limits, do you recommend like making a whole new personal statement or just cutting down and like activity section? Like, I yeah. Guess what 
What do you suggest for that? Yeah, so the the activity section is completely different, right? It, from yeah. seven hundred to three hundred, it's um, in my general like showing impact <clears throat> type statements for AMCAS and ACOMAS that you can do you can do in six or seven hundred characters. It's nearly impossible with three hundred characters. Yeah. So, unfortunately, that's TMDSAS. You just kind of have to write more direct and more bland and just job description type stuff. And if you can show impact, great. But um, in terms of personal statement, it's only 300 characters less. So I would, um, I wouldn't write a whole new personal statement. I would write your personal statement for the 5,300 characters. If you're going to apply to, to AMCAS schools as well, uh, or coma schools, and then just cut out 300 characters somewhere. Okay. Okay. That's what I was thinking. And yeah, just like the first person I think got on here, I'm also thinking of taking MCAT like April 30th. And so I've seen a lot of like, you should apply to like a safety school. And then once you get your score back, then you should add other schools. Do you recommend doing that? So I don't, I don't use the term safety school for medical school. There, yeah. there are no safety schools and reach schools. That's a, that's an undergraduate thing. <clears throat> um, your, if you take the MCAT April 30th, you're taking it early enough that you don't need to play that game. You're going to get your score back and, and you can still apply within the first week. You'll be perfectly fine. So you don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Cause I know text, I know TM SDS, like they can submit earlier. So that was my question. I think they can submit as soon as mid May. So it was yep. like, I was wondering if I should just add like one or two and then add the rest. No, you don't. So. Yeah. That th okay. those couple weeks don't matter. Okay. And also I want to have like a question on, it's, it's kind of a personal deep question, but just a quick question on like grade trends. And so I had, I am like a senior. So my, the COVID pandemic hit in the middle of my trend line. And so I was good freshman year and then beginning of sophomore year, then it dips. And then I'm coming up during my senior years. So like for that, how, I guess, because I know trend is very important when it comes to like, if you have a lower science GPA, which I do. Mm -hmm. And so I was just wondering like, how would I, what part of the application could I like address that in a way? You typically don't need to. I mean, your okay. grades are your grades. They're going to see when your grades dropped. They're going to know that a global pandemic happened. Uh, and so lots of people's grades dropped during that time. Uh, at, at the end of the day, the goal is to prove academic capability. And so you just need to show that, that GPA coming up uh, third and fourth year so that they don't have any questions of, of who you are and what your your capabilities are. Okay. Okay. Alrighty. Well, I think that was all of my questions. Thank Alrighty. You. Yeah, you're welcome. Alrighty. Let's keep rocking and a rolling. Hello, hello. Hi, Dr. Gray. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. What's your name? All right. Angelina. Angelina. Hello. <clears throat> hello. Um, so I have a question. Um, I might be applying this cycle or not because I'm terrified of MCAT. I haven't taken it yet. Yeah. So the question is about the school choices since... Um, uh, there is a 30-hour rule and 62-hour rule. Uh, I was wondering if you know anything particular about the schools, which schools do that, which don't. How do I find that? You can ask. Um, I don't I don't know which schools will tell you. Uh, it's, mm. it's just part of the game of applying, uh, d depending on the schools. Some schools will publicize what they have, and some schools won't, so you just have to... Just got to roll with it. The only thing that you can control is how well you do. Yeah. It's just I have a 4.0 for the last 40 credits um, because I didn't do so well because I was a student athlete and priorities were different. Yep. Um, didn't think I'm going to be a doctor. Was kind of on like the grad school path. Um, so it kind of changed. But 
yeah, I was just I was just looking everywhere for the list and I couldn't find anything. So I was wondering. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there is a list. I, I think I have um, something on my website. If you just Google the the thirty two hour rule. Um, for medical schools uh, and, and for people who don't know the, 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 what that means, it's schools that will look at your last 32 credit hours versus your total GPA to, to kind of recalculate what your GPA would be. Um, so I know I, I had a conversation a, a while ago with University of Central Florida. They told me that they look at the last 20 hours of science credit to kind of determine your your GPA and your academic ability. Uh, whether that's still the case, I don't know. Uh, Norda College of Osteopathic Medicine, one of the newer osteopathic schools, they have, um, I, I just had them on the podcast, their, their director of admissions. <clears throat> and she said they look at the last 60 credit hours of uh, graduate and undergraduate um, and so it's just going to depend on the school. You've put in the work already, 4.0 over the last 40 hours, and you just got to just cross your fingers and apply to apply to schools and try to do some research and homework into what schools will potentially look at specifically 40, 60, 30, whatever. Um, but at the end of the day, you're probably not going to get a lot of information and you're just going to have to take a leap of faith. <laughs> Yeah, this process is so much like that. <laughs> and, um, all right. Thank you. You're um, welcome. And for the schools that you suggested. Yeah, you're welcome. Okie dokie. I'm tired today. It's been a week. It's been a week. How's your week been? You're back. Yeah. So, you know, I was, I was on here with you and I'm thinking, I just waste an opportunity. I was on here with Dr. Gray and I didn't ask him any questions. <laughs> um, so, so now that I have a question, I'm back. Okay. Um, so I'm writing up my activities and I'm trying to decide what would constitute padding my application versus what is necessary to be there. Uh, should I give some examples? Sure. Because I don't know what that question means. Yeah. So like some activities I did were very, um, like there's not really much to it. For example, my school has, uh, um, like, a, a journal, basically they want it to be reviewed by four or five editors before it gets put in there. So all I did was I read, I read the article. If I liked it, I told them I liked it. If I didn't like it, I told him I didn't like it. That was really the whole thing. You were like Caesar in the Colosseum. No, yes. Yeah, Yeah, pretty much. Just not as Um, gruesome. (laughs) Should I should I should I think of including that? So everything on your application should be a reflection of who you are and what you've done. If it's something that you feel is impactful, if it's something that you feel you're excited to talk about it during an interview, put it on the application. If you're just putting it on there to show just something else that you did and you're potentially leaving out a hobby or something else that you would rather have on the application, at the end of the day, it's 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 your story to tell. It's your 15 spots and you, you can do what you want with it. But the the best use of those 15 spots is to to really just show who you are right would you okay that i mean i agree with that that makes sense what about like i have a hobby of running and and just going to the gym would you would you include that i think everyone should have a hobby on their application yeah i just don't i i guess like listening to your podcast you always say um don't try to do something that you think is unique. Try to do something that that's your story, what you do, and that will reflect. Yep. Um, okay. That, that, that's really it right now. Just okay. Studying for the MCAT, trying to carve away little by little at the activities and personal statement and move from there. There you go. Good luck. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it. Yep. I am Dr. Cam. I'm a med student. Your username is lying. You're not a doctor. (laughs) Uh, Dr. Cam agrees. Hello. What's up? I'm wonderful. How are you? 
good. Um, so I have a question. So um, I'm an international student and I did two years of med school back in Europe. And you know, as you know, like in, in Europe, you go straight from high school to six years of school. Yep. And my where I grew up in a village in a Soviet country time, um, science education was literally zero. So I got like zero education in science. So when I went to med school, even though I was trying really hard and I had good grades somewhat, um, I found it really hard and I didn't want to just get the white coat and move on without like deep understanding. So I decided to come in States and I did, and I'm doing a bachelor's degree in chemistry and I'm junior. And I was just wondering, like, I do have some shadowing hours, uh, research for now. I do have a lot of uh, activities that I just like extracurriculars that I just enjoy doing. Um, and um, I'm, I'm interested in like in, which part can I address that I did two years of med school? Because I think that was a big experience for me to be around of patients in clinic and also like to to see, like, because that's where I understood that I really wanted to be a doctor, like with knowledge and not just the white coat. That's when I like, I realized, yes, this is what I really want to do. Yeah. So on the application, you'll, you'll mark yes, that you've matriculated to medical school before. Oh. So it'll go there. And, and so it'll, it'll be obvious that you, you started medical school in another country. Um, and then you can potentially just put that clinical experience that you got while you were in medical school on your application as clinical experience. And uh, um, like, so I don't know, like done the application parts, but obviously it's, I'm not planning to do that yet. But like, um, so I'm saying, like, I'm not really looking to include those uh, clinical I'm not sure, like, do I have to include the hours as shadowing? Because I don't want to include those hours of, like, whatever I did there. I just want to, like... You don't You don't have to do anything. Okay. okay. Yeah, there's there's no rules there. Okay, that was my question. I, okay. Yeah, but I was kind of, like, thinking maybe if I should just include that in my personal essay, but I want to talk about some other things. <clears throat> yeah, it, it may go in your personal statement, but, but there... Without a doubt, specifically, you have to answer yes. You matriculated to medical school previously, mm-hmm. and then you'll you'll talk a little bit about it there. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, thank you so much. You're welcome. You yeah, you're welcome. Bye. Bye. All right. Do do do. Let's bring on some more people. Hello there. What's going Sorry, on? Sorry, the weather. I got a stuffy nose. But. Yeah, you, you and me both. I'm just, I'm sitting here like half asleep, going, man. I'm just exa- like, I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. <laughs> so I'm wondering. Um, I think I listened to a podcast that talked about building a school list or uh, looking for a school that fits. Um, I'm just wondering when I go into the application cycle. Sure. Because, I mean, I guess I'm in that in the same boat as a lot of people. I just want to apply to as many schools as possible. It's been. <laughs> um, but what is, is there a different approach to just applying to everywhere or as much as possible? Or should, how can I really just think about things in a way where I'm really looking for a fit um, instead of just applying uh, mindlessly to everything as much as possible? So why do you think you're going to get a different answer from me now versus what I talked about in the podcast about finding a school that fits? <laughs> well, yeah, but um, I guess this cycle, I'm just, I, I really am just going to be applying as much as possible to as many schools that I can afford to apply to. Um, but maybe I'll look for the fit when it comes down to what interviews I receive and uh, who's willing to put me on the acceptance list or wait list. Okay. I, I think that's a terrible idea, but it's your money. <laughs> I think it's it's a waste of money, a waste of time if you're going to do that, but y- you can do it. Uh, unfortunately, that's the mentality that's happening now, kind of because it has to with residency applications mm-hmm. and medical students. What, what's happening is medical students are just so afraid of not matching that they're basically just applying to every single residency program. Every single one for their specialty, right? Instead of looking at different programs and, and locations and, and other things and, and picking wisely. They're just shotgun every single school. And it's a lot of money. They, they do the same stupid thing that, that AMCAS does where 
they kind of charge you per program to to add and Aris, the the residency application service, is run by the AAMC, just like AMCAS is. So uh, they love students like you who are like, I'm just going to apply to as many schools as possible because that's just more money for them. Yeah. At the end of the day, medical schools are not just looking for, okay, your stats work, great. They they're truly looking at who you are and and how you're going to be a, a fit for their class in addition to their community. And so if you're not willing to put in the work to figure that out, why should they bother looking at you? Sure. That's a good point. Okay. I'm going to rethink this then. Good. Don't waste your money. Don't waste your time. (laughs) Try not to. All right. All right. So let's keep rocking and rolling. Do you recommend visiting the schools before applying? Now, the whole school visit thing is not really a med school thing. It's That's an undergraduate thing. Hello there. Hi. <clears throat> What's your name? Um, my name is Isaac. Hi, Isaac. Um, I just kind of had, like, a few questions. All right. Um, so, like, I had to take an extra semester to finish grad, um, undergrad because I was double majoring. Okay. Um, and so I started studying for the MCAT like two days after Christmas. Okay. And so I've been doing it ever since. And um, I I was planning on taking the MCAT in June, but it seems like that's kind of late for this application cycle. Okay. Uh, so I was wondering if I should like postpone it to next year. Postpone the application? Yeah. Uh, you don't have to. A, a June MCAT doesn't really hurt you in terms of application timing if okay. you can work on your personal statement, your extracurriculars, letters of rack, all that oh, yeah, stuff. That's what I was like thinking of doing too. Like if I did apply the cycle, like as soon as the application opened, I was going to start like going through everything. Well, don't wait until don't, don't wait for the application to open. You should be working on that now. Oh, okay. Yeah, I started actually. I started some of the secondary stuff. Why are you starting you with secondaries? Me. You got to start with the primary. Oh, because you you posted the thing about secondary, so I was doing that. <laughs> no, secondaries are after primary. Personal statement, okay. extracurricular descriptions, uh, disadvantaged essay. If you're going to do that, if you're applying to Texas schools, the the required and, and optional essays, the extra essays. Uh, if you're applying MD PhD, the 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 MD PhD essays and research essays, all that stuff. That's primary application is primary. That's the first thing you should be working on. Okay. And then and then you can play someone was asking earlier about the 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 way that she worded it was should I apply to like just a a safety school, right? Um which again, I don't use that language, but you could play that apply to one school game where you get in your application, apply to one school, get uh your MCAT score back and then go, "Okay, I'm comfortable spending more money and putting in the other schools. The trick with that is that you should assume you're going to get a good score so that you can work on your secondaries after your primary. Um, And when you get your score back, you're like, okay, like I did, I did well, I'm going to put in these 10 other schools and I've already actually worked on those 10 secondaries. So um, because once you, once you add those extra schools, it's very likely that you'll get those secondaries back within a couple of days. Okay. Yeah, because I don't. I'm applying to quite a lot of schools, actually. How many? Um, uh, more than I think it's more than ten. Oh, that's not a lot. The average now, unfortunately, is eighteen. Oh wow. Okay, I was only applying to twelve, like twelve, twelve, thirteen. Yeah. No, that's good. Okay. Okay. I felt like that was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Because I was looking at the list and I was doing like all the UC med schools and then a few out of state. And I was like, this feels like a lot, but yeah, I'm glad it's not a lot. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think my biggest concern is just my GPA because I was, I was double majoring. So it was a lot of like course load. Yeah. And then I also had uh, like my dad's disabled. So I also have to take care of him at home. And then I also had to work to bring money into the apartment. So. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, so in your situation, the question is, did you ever recover and get a good upward trend to show academic ability? Yeah, I never did bad. I never did bad in any semester. Um, okay. What's your GPA? I think it was like a 3.3. Okay. That's not good. Yeah. For med school, unfortunately. But a 3.3, if your third and fourth years are like 3.8, 3.9, that's not bad. But if it's a 3.3 and every year is basically a 3.3, then you probably have some work to do for your GPA. Right. Unfortunately. Um, yeah. Uh, would you recommend the postback? Yeah. yeah. As- assuming you, what your grade trend looks like. If you, uh, if you want to DM me, um, you, you don't even, yeah. If you want to DM me, I'll get you um, a year's access to mapped. Um, with with chat advising through MAP, so you can talk to one of our, our MAP advisors. And then go uh, create the account, put in all of your grades, put in your activities and stuff, and then reach out to the advisor through Mapped, um, through the Mapped app, and um, we'll give you a little bit more nuanced guidance on, on potentially what, what you should be doing. Okay. So would you recommend that first before applying? Yeah, grade repair always comes first. Okay. Assuming you need it, but it, it yeah. sounds like maybe you do. So DM me, we'll get you, we'll get you into maps for the year, and uh, we'll we'll help you a little bit more. Okay. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. Have a good one. You too. All righty. Thanks for answering all the MD PhD questions, Adrian. If you want to follow an amazing MD PhD student, go check her out. SSG to MD PhD is who she is. Oh, Adrian wants to come on and say hello. What's Adrian doing? Adrian's slacking. She's probably got she probably got some gels running, just sitting around doing doing research stuff where you just twiddle your thumbs all day, right? That's that's what research oh, is. You know what? I, I'm just the laziest person on the planet. You know me. <laughs> What's up? I'm literally, like lo- loading my mice up. Um, I just wanted to answer some MD patient questions. I saw um, that since these had questions about can you apply both, and um, would schools expect you to apply MD PhD? No, <laughs> no one expects you to do anything nope. other than what you want to do. Yep. The only crazy people are applying MD PhD, like. This one. Um, and yes, you can apply both MD only and MD PhD with the same application. It's just a little button. Yep. It's literally all it is. Just a tiny little button. So the, the next question will come, uh, if you apply to an MD PhD program and get an interview and they ask, well, did you apply MD only anywhere? Is that going to be a, a knock of like, well, are you really interested in MD PhD because you're applying just MD? No, because those interviews are separate. So when you interview for MD PhD programs, there's the MD day and then there's the PhD. So the people that are interviewing you for the PhD program are concerned with your research and your PhD career goals, yep. not the MD side. Yep. And the MD side is just looking to get you into medical school. And yep. you have to get accepted to both. You yeah. have to get accepted to the medical school and the MD PhD program. Yeah. It, it it is a journey. It is a journey. So don't do it just because. Oh, I heard I heard you get paid to go to medical school. I'm gonna I'm gonna go that route. Money, money is not worth it. My med school classmates are second year residents right now. Like I'm still here playing with mice. So do not do it for the money. The money is not worth it. You do it because you love science. Yeah. You want to be the bridge between patient care. And biomedical research. That's why you get an MD PhD. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, you can get rejected, say, from the PhD side, not get accepted into the MD PhD program and get accepted into medical school. That can very much happen. Yep. Yeah. And and the Most school will go. Yeah. Will, will the school then reach out and go, hey, like, we'd love to have you, but not as part of our MD PhD program? 
Yeah, you'll yeah. get accepted into the MD side. You'll, you you get the medical school acceptance first, yeah. and then you find out you got accepted into the MD PhD program. Yeah. So it just it, it's just a timing thing, but you can definitely just get accepted to MD only. And then my cohort had three students apply internally, so they were already medical students, and then they joined my cohort. They okay. applied and got interviewed and all that. Yeah, so and that- it's listen, it's a whole journey. It's a whole process. Do not do it just because you get your tuition waived or whatever. Like that's not the reason. Yeah, that ain't it. Because sometimes labs lose funding, and then you got to restart everything. And listen here, I, I I don't know who that happened to, but <laughs> hey, whatever. It is not worth it. All the trouble and the actual work is work. Like yeah. you earn your paycheck multiple times over, and I still got student loans, so it is not. <laughs> worth it to just do it for the stipend and the tuition remission don't do it you got it so uh go follow this this woman here she's amazing super mom super vet super researcher super med student go check her out all right i'm gonna get back to work okay bye bye friend all right we love adrian Can a humanities major get into a PhD for biomedical science? Sure. Why not? All right. Let's bring on some more friends. Hello there. Hey, Dr. Gray. Well, this is so cool. I was kind of nervous to get on here. (laughs) What's your name? Uh, Tanir. Tanir, what's up? What can I help you with? Yeah, so um, basically I was... Uh, planning on uh, applying this cycle until I watched a lot of your videos and I realized that I was not ready. Yay! Saving money! (laughs) And obviously I want to put my best foot forward when it comes to something like this. So, And that really entails like getting more clinical hours, which I don't have, getting more shadowing hours, which I don't really have right now. Okay. Um, But my stats are good. I've taken the MCAT. Uh, I graduate this this spring and um, I will be I guess now I'm not going to apply this June, but next June. And I was talking to my pre-health advisor. And um, so my GPA and my MCAT are, are solid. They're, they're good. Um, and I was, and he told me that uh, obviously I'm going to be getting, looking for a clinical position and all that uh, and volunteering hours and shadowing hours. And he mentioned that it would be good to take classes during that time before I apply. Do you think I, I should prioritize that if my GPA is already high or... Um, prioritize what? Taking like classes. Uh, why? So why do you need to prioritize classes if your GPA is good? Uh, he, t- he basically told me that. Who, uh, who is he again? Sorry. I was oh, my, uh, pre-health advisor. Your pre-health advisor. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I, I was, uh, busy typing in, uh, Adrian's handle in, in the, the comment. Oh, yeah. So, um, um, so your pre-health advisor is is telling you to take classes after I graduate? Yeah, so before I apply, not this June, but next June, because it would show that I'm still like academically ready or something like that. Um, that What's I, your GPA? It's so I have a three point nine five right now. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I don't know if this student he's he hasn't <laughs> taken classes in a year and he only had a three point nine five. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's why I was kind of I wasn't sure, but I was like I'll get a second opinion on it because I don't want to misguide my priorities or anything. So yeah, I I don't think you need to take classes. There, there's okay. there's a general rule of thumb of like oh show that you're still interested in academics like. Okay, it doesn't it doesn't work for everyone. Like, why do I need to go take more classes? Like, I just I need other experiences, right? And I have okay. a three nine five, so go go screw yourself. <laughs> yeah, um, and and yeah, I guess that was that was the concern because I was not sure uh, about what's prioritized. But obviously, I, like I know what's prioritized. But just him telling me that kind of mixed me up a little bit. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, you you could go take an online course for. Mm-hmm three credits over the course of a, a semester just just do one like it, i don't think it'll do anything for you but if you're worried about it if you like planted a little seed of doubt in your head of like oh my gosh like what happens it whatever like it's not that big of a deal okay cool um i think that was my 
only actually no i did have another question so um i took the mcat uh july 2021 and um i would be applying uh june 2023 so would that significantly affect i haven't looked at all of the um like the latest mcats that you could take or the oldest mcat days that you could take but would do you think that would significantly affect my uh no, because it'll be two years, right? It'll be a, a two-year gap between MCAT and application, and typically that's fine for most schools. Okay. So what what you can do is just um, go into the MSAR uh, now and just uh, assume your MCAT is July 2020 and see what the medical schools say in terms of if you're applying this coming cycle, are they would they accept it? And then you can obviously the, the math just moves forward a year. So right. you could see if okay. there would be any schools that you may be interested in that may cause an issue with. Okay. Great. Yeah. Uh, I think that was all the questions I had. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, I was I was literally talking about this yesterday with a student who um needs to like wants to get in this cycle and is, is going to apply to a lot of schools um, because her MCAT is going to expire. Um, and and we're just talking like th- there's zero reason why an MCAT should expire. Zero. Other than the MCAT one, the WMC wants more money. Hello, friend. Hello. How are you? I am wonderful. What's going on with you? Application uh-huh. Academy grad. Yes. Uh, walking to class, but <laughs> I um, had a quick question. Uh, so I've heard from a lot of schools, very successful uh, cycle for me. I'm very grateful for that. How many acceptances? Uh, two acceptances, but like eight interview invites I turned down. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> um, I'm that... happy. I'm happy with the school I got into. So Amazing. Amazing. Um, but... And it was all Application Academy, right? Everything. Everything, yep. everything. That's one factor. Um, I've heard from every school except for my top choice. Um, Interesting. And I have family in the area, um, University of New England in Maine. And I don't know. So UNE, a DO school, is your top choice and they're, they're ghosting you? Yep. Okay. Interesting. So what do you want to do? I am, have done some shadowing with an alumni. Okay. And he wrote a letter to his friend who's like the assistant dean endorsing me as a candidate. Nice. Um, and then... When was that? I, December. Okay. And then I decided to just reach out and email her and say... Hey, I've received a couple acceptances, but like this is my top choice. Um, I look forward to hearing from you, like in the next couple months. Okay. But I think she retired in January. <laughs> oh no. Okay. So I'm like, should I should I send another email <clears throat> to someone else in the admissions office, or is that going to come off as like desperate? You're, but you're not desperate. You have two acceptances. Yeah. You're not you're not desperate at all. What it shows is that you want to go there, right? That like I hey, like <laughs> I want you. Why don't you want me? Everyone else wants me. Um do you think there's some yield protection going on where they assume that you're not going to go there because your stats are too good or, or anything else? Um maybe my GPA is a lot higher than their average. Yeah. Um and my MCAT is their average. Okay. So maybe, but yeah, send another email. Just say like, I want to give you one more chance. (laughs) Um, uh, And just, just kind of rehash it and say, here's, here's why I want to come here and uh, talk about the person you shadowed, who, who you believe sent in uh, some sort of communication about me. Okay. That's true. Yeah. Good. I will get on that then. All right. Good luck. Keep me posted. Have a good weekend. You too. Bye. 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 
So Taylor was uh, a part of Application Academy last cycle, uh, my the first cycle I did it, and was very active and um, was awesome. And apparently it uh, it helped. Frank. Joshua says, on the fence of joining Application Academy, but I only intend to apply to my state school. It's probably still worth it. Hold on, Frank. Uh, yeah, I mean, if, if you're putting everything on one school, then heck yeah. Frank looking dapper, my boy. I look great. What's going on? Yeah, I just came out from the U.S. citizenship interview, so. Fingers crossed. Yeah, I actually just passed the exam, so I'm coming on Tuesday to swear in, so I'll be American. <laughs> Woohoo! Congrats! Welcome Thank to you. our crazy country. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love this country. Whether, um, no matter how crazy it is, I still love the country. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's the fun thing about uh, the U.S. is we can... We can complain and we can we can talk about how we hate the president and it's all typically out of love for the country. Like we want our country to to be where it was and, and succeed and excel and we we are allowed to criticize it and not end up in jail. Uh, and that's good. That's the beauty of the First Amendment, right? <laughs> it is. It is. Yes. Uh, What's going on? I mean, um, nothing much. I've been uh, actually... Uh, it's been a pretty successful application cycle so far, thanks to you. Honestly, I've never had the opportunity to talk to you in person, but I feel like if I got all of these acceptances, it's, I, I owe it to you because the way I've been watching a lot of application academy videos, before I applied, I was just like on YouTube every single time. And whenever like, you know, commercials, you come up on my commercials, <laughs> it helped me write a good story. Because that came up a lot on my interview. It's my story that matters, to be honest. Yeah. I had a good GPA. Good. Perfect GPA. Not a very good MCAT score. Yeah. Um, but I think the story is actually what gave me so much opportunities. And interviewing at prestigious schools is really because of that story. So I wanted to say thank you. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you for, for allowing me to be part of that journey, even from afar. Nah, no problem. But then, um, honestly, right now, uh, I'm having this problem of like, uh, I'm still waiting to hear back from two Ivy League schools, but I've had five acceptances so far. Nice. And honestly, I'm having like, I don't know whether I should really decide to go for the prestige of the school versus maybe another school that's lower, uh, that's like rank lower, even though I like the school. But then in my head, since step one is pass or fail now, I have a feeling that, you know, the reputation of the school might play a role of where. Yeah. I, I, there are a lot of early kind of, as soon as uh, the MBME <clears throat> made the determination to make step one pass fail, um, uh, basically everyone on Student Doctor Network was like, ha ha, school prestige is finally going to matter more because that's all they talk about anyway. They love talking about US News and World Report rank list, which is the worst rank list ever. It doesn't mean anything uh, in terms of the quality of education and, and what you're going to do there. Um, all that's really going to happen almost exclusively is that the weight of step one in residency applications is just going to move to step two. Because step two is still scored for some reason. So the the prestige of the school maybe will matter a little bit more. But when you look at surveys of residency program directors, the school is is not that high in terms of what they're looking for. You, you mentioned earlier, your story is what stood out for your medical school application. And it's going to be the same thing for your residency application. And, and I literally posted on Instagram the other day, um, I think it's Northwestern, uh, I believe, Northwestern Neurosurgery has a TikTok account. And there were, there were two, I, I don't know if it was the program director and assistant program director or whoever it was for the residency talked about, hey, like right now we're going through uh, interviews and applications and all this stuff 
And the thing that matters the most is the person's story. It's, it's, it's just important. And so I a thousand percent would recommend don't go to a prestigious school just because it's a, prest- a prestigious school. My, my little phrase that I coined is don't go to a great school. Go to a school that will make you great. That's true. Go where you will be a good fit, where you feel like you will be supported the most. You'll get the education anywhere. Heck, mo- most of the education you get in medical schools is through third-party companies now. You sit at home and <laughs> watch, watch Sketchy and Pathoma and, and all the other different uh, company resources. That's true. And then um, I had another question. So, like, so right now, uh, as I mentioned, I have like two, I mean, don't get me wrong, the prestigious schools that I, I, I'm still waiting to hear back from are still schools that I want to attend. Yep. Right. But then um, I'm having this issue right now of like, I'm, I don't know, but I'm very pessimistic. Like, actually, I'm going to tell you because I actually interviewed at Harvard. And honestly, I am, I was not expecting it. It was it's something that, you know, with a 507 MCAT, I was not expecting it. So, and then that's why I'm, I'm saying thanks to you because again, I think story is what got me there because even when I was talking to the admissions, uh, to the uh, to, to admissions, uh, to the interview at Brown because I interviewed at Brown last week and they were amazed by my writing. Again, the story. And I'm like, still, but I'm still pessimist, pessimistic. I'm like, okay, I got an interview, but I don't know if that's going to translate into an acceptance. So, and then right now there's a, there's a major development of my application where my, my, my former uh, mentor at the National Cancer Institute t- told me that they are going to submit a paper uh, in, a, in a journal, either MBIO or Journal of Virology in March. Yeah. So I don't think it is fair game for me to include that maybe as an update later. Maybe you you can. I, I think research is is overblown and publications are overblown. It's a, it's a great accomplishment, but I, I I doubt it will be the difference between an acceptance and not an acceptance. It, it could be a way of just keeping that communication open uh, with Harvard, with Brown, with whoever. Um, if they accept update letters first and foremost, if they accept them, but I I don't I don't know if it'll it'll be the difference between an acceptance or not. So I, I think uh, obviously they want you because they interviewed you. Now it's just a matter of, of how well did your interviews go and uh, where you, where you rank when they, when they put everyone back together. I see. Well, I just have to keep, you know, being miserable until March at least. <laughs> <laughs> you have five acceptances so far. But yeah. My man, so- my man. The funny thing is, like, I didn't get an interview from the University of Maryland, and I'm sad. I'm like, okay, well, my that's, alma does. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. So, so Adrian uh, just just messaged. Uh, she said, "I wouldn't share unless the paper's accepted." Right, which which is a thing. Anyone could just scribble on a piece of paper and go, "Oh, I submitted to, to the journal." Right. Uh, so it's it's the acceptance that is really the 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 big factor there, and I, I definitely agree with that. Well, thank you very much for your advice. Thank you so much for everything you're doing, Doctor Gray. Hopefully, I'll meet you in application renovation. <laughs> Not application renovation. Mission accepted. <laughs> well, we'll just ha- we'll have you on the podcast. Just DM me. We'll we'll get you on the podcast and we'll share your story and hopefully inspire some other people. So, uh, when's your swearing in ceremony? Tuesday. Tuesday. Good luck. Uh, congratulations on becoming a, a U.S. citizen. God bless you. We 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 need we need some more some more uh, sane people in this country. So, thank you for coming. <laughs> have a good one. You too. Bye. Awesome. All right. I think we're going to stop there. It's 10 o'clock. Everyone, that was a great one to end on. Uh, I appreciate you all showing up, hanging out. Application Academy uh, closes today. Um, we're going to go full steam ahead. We're in week four of 40 
40 weeks, six hours a week, uh, four with me, and then one with a TA and one with one of our mapped advisors, uh, Dr. Scott Wright, former director of admissions at UT Southwestern, uh, retired executive director at TMDSAS, as well as uh, Dean Granum, the assistant dean, former assistant dean of pre-health and STEM advising at Hofstra, the other Hofstra uh, in New York. Um, and Rachel Grubbs, my co-founder at MAPT and uh, MCAT expert, pre-med expert for 20 years or so. Everyone have a wonderful day, a wonderful weekend. I'll see you next time. Bye. All right, so there you have it. Another pre-med years in the book, 477 episodes, closing in on 500 pre-med years episodes, 300 old pre-meds episodes, over 200 specialty stories, close to or over 250 MCAT podcast recordings. We've had a lot of podcasts and we are closing in on the 10-year anniversary of when I first registered medicalschoolhq.net. So stay tuned for some interesting stuff happening around that day. Hope you have a great week. We'll see you next time here on The Pre-Med Years. This is MedEd Media.